0: Hey, we changing the game on the name Put Respect Uncle Dad Talks, yeah, live and direct What did you expect from the two fly guys? One love Kevin Smith, one of more Golden Eye Mike's the level-headed, baby Gabe his Uncle Dad gets nervous all the time, but to his credit, he's clever Spring stuff on Mike on a daily And can mangle up a name amazingly The range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening So why even attempt it? From bare-knuckle fighting, to Grammy songwriting, to Burning Man Flames
1: Hello, and welcome to this very special, monumentous occasion. Uncle Dad and Mike here with episode 100.
2: Wow. 100, yes. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, does that mean we're getting older? Uh, You are. (laughs) The show is getting older.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, One hundred uh there was probably a time where i definitely think you thought you would probably only be here for episode 50.
2: <laughs> yeah I, I i thought it was a quick a quick job i thought i was just you know, coming off the bench to fill in for a bit but uh here we are and uh we've had a lot of we've had a lot of fun doing this man it's been it's been great we have talked to a lot of great people and had amazing conversations and and had some real fun opportunities that all came from doing this. So happy 100.
1: Happy 100, man. But before we kick off our show, I wanted to tell you some podcast facts real quick, fast, because I found this very interesting, sir. Did you know that over 44% of podcasts do not make it over episode 10 or to make it episode
2: 10? 44%? No, I did not know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Additionally, Mm. Over 75% don't even make it to 50.
2: 75% to 50. Okay. All right.
1: And less, it's less than 10% that make it to 100 and an even smaller percentage that make it past that. Really? So, yeah. So, there's tons of podcasts out there, right? We all know that. Mm. But the thing is, consistency is everything. And if you don't have consistency, that's how you, you just you just don't grow. And I think one of the things I always wanted to do when we did this show was always be consistent. Uh, and that was something I promised myself when I started it is that I always wanted to be consistent because I know that the growth is there. It's just, you have to stick through it, right? It's uh, you know, any type of game like this, it's all about the consistency. So what I want to say is if you are listening and you're trying to do a podcast and you want to get in that game please man, just do it, but be consistent, you know, be consistent, get out there, push for your dream. Because to me, this is the dream that I've been looking for for a long time. And I'm so thankful. And to be honest with you, I get to do it with one of my best friends in the world. And I wouldn't, wouldn't change that for anything. And so Mike, just truly 100 means more to me than you can ever imagine. And when we hit our next anniversary, it's going to mean more to me. And just this journey with you has been something that I have been forever thankful for. And I can't wait for our next 100 episodes, man.
2: That's really sweet of you to say. Yeah. it's, uh, it's been really fun for me too, man, to work with you and, and, uh, you know, get to know you more and also get to know a bunch of, of, of different people from all walks of life. And as, as many of the listeners know, I've, I've, I've loved uh, talk radio. I've been a Howard Stern fan for half my life and to have kind of my own radio show in a way, I know it's a podcast, not a radio show, but, uh, not yeah, yet. it's, it's just been one of the things that I've enjoyed doing and, uh, all the, the, uh, all of the things that come from being involved with it. So thanks to, uh, all the people that are listening that, uh, keep us going. Cause you know, if no one was listening, we wouldn't, maybe we wouldn't be so consistent. So, you know,
1: <laughs> you know, and, and I think, I think you're right. I think, um, it is crazy, you know, like you and I have charted in three countries. You know, that's something I think that we wouldn't have thought that, I mean, especially countries that I would never, Kenya, to me, still blows my mind.
2: Kenya. Kenya. Kenya,
1: if you're still listening, Kenya, believe it. Kenya.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Kenya. Uh, You know what else is uh, something that's been going on for a long time? Is the fandom around our guests and what they've created together.
1: Oh, good segue. Good segue. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes.
2: that's what doing a you know almost hundred episodes with you does to me.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you just segue things.
2: <laughs> all right, let's go on to the next thing. Um, but yeah, we're we're I'm super stoked. Uh, you know, we, for episode 100, we want to do something fun for us and for the listeners, and it just happened to work out that uh, the 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 cast of the Warriors, the the 1979 film, the Warriors, is going to be at East Bay Comic Con, which is a comic convention up here in uh, Northern California in Concord, and they're going to be there. And so we get them on our show. How fun is that?
1: It's pretty fun, man. It's a a very special occasion uh, for sure to celebrate 100. And in many ways, you know, we talk about it on the episode, too. And, you know, we talk about what the movie means to us and stuff. And honestly, I I can't think of a better way of celebrating 100. So. Thank you uh, for pulling this together and thank, thank them for coming on. I mean, it was great. Uh, it's very exciting to have them on. Uh, the Warriors is truly a, you know, and I said it in the episode too, it's, it truly is a piece of American, iconic Americana history. You know what I mean? Like it's quintessential American film for sure.
2: That's I right. Would say. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, it, it's timeless, but it also shows a certain time in American culture, especially in New York city. And, and and yeah, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm super stoked. And, you know, if for any fans that are, that are, you know, want to, want to meet, want to meet the cast themselves, uh, check out eastbaycomiccon.com or, you know, you can go on any social media and, and, and just look up East Bay comic con and uh, find out all the details there. Um, Yeah. So uncle dad, um, since it's 100, and since we've got these guys ready to go, let's uh, let's just dive right into it, yeah.
1: Uh, absolutely. And before we go, just one last time, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we truly appreciate it. And cheers to 100 more. Thank you guys.
0: Tion Buku One, Mr. Generous, live and direct.
1: All right, hello and welcome, everybody. Uncle Dad here with a star-studded show. Uh, probably this—we haven't had a full panel like this in a long time, Mike. It's exciting, a lot of energy, and uh, Mike, go ahead and introduce our very lovely and special guests.
2: Yeah, we've got we've got a, a, a like you said, an all-star lineup here. Uh, they were all, you know, part of this movie that's not only a cult classic but a but a timeless classic, uh, grossing about twenty-two million at the box office. Paramount's The Warriors. And uh, I'm excited to announce, we've got uh, Terry Mikus, who played Vermin in the film. We've got David Harris with us, and he was Cochise. We also have uh, Apache Ramos, who was one of the orphans. And last, but certainly not least, Dee, Dee Ben Ray, who was one of the, the Lizzie's. Welcome to Uncle Dad Talks, everyone. Good morning. Good
3: morning.
4: Morning. Yay morning. Good morning. It's so good to be here. Thanks nice for inviting to be here. us.
2: Well, and it's very exciting to have you all on because as uh, as as Uncle Dad and I know, we've been preparing for this episode for a while and this is episode one hundred. So it's uh it's exciting for us to have you guys on for such an occasion.
5: We always like to talk to Warriors fans. You know, the the fans that love the Warriors, you know, they're radical. And you know, we, we jump in, right guys? We always do. Gals?
4: They're a family. Absolutely,
0: fans make the movie. You know, they, they have kept us, kept us the film alive for 40 plus years. Yeah,
4: It's almost our anniversary, David. Oh
0: uh, Yeah, we came out February 9th. Right. So, uh,
4: 1979,
0: oh, 1979, that's right.
4: So happy anniversary to you guys, and it's almost our 44th. Yeah,
0: I, I was only 10 you years old. Very
3: serendipitous.
4: <laughs> he used to be my babysitter actually wait really <laughs> no. Whoa.
1: Whoa. i want to hear mean, those
2: stories yeah we could, uh, let's talk about let's talk about that yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so um you know i was uh, i obviously didn't see the movie when it when it came out i was born at the tail end of 1979 <laughs> so it's almost it, it is my anniversary as well as, as a human on this planet, wow. um, but, um, yeah, so, so you, you all are all living in New York and the film was, 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 was based in New York, which, um, you know, must be, I don't know. It's nice for you to kind of, do you, do you all still get the, 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 feeling when you're, when you're riding around town or, or going around where you, where you see certain locations where you shot movies and do you still notice those things or has that kind of gone completely out of your mind at this point?
4: Well, I was in a supermarket a few weeks ago, and a guy was coming through who had a Warriors t-shirt on, and he was only like 30 years old or something, so it was an avid reminder.
5: Yeah, I don't get a lot of that, because I live a little upstate from New York, though. I go down and see David and some of the the Warriors cast periodically, but what I remember that was the city was way more gritty. And I think that Apache and, and David and possibly even Didi could address that more. It's not that gritty now. I mean, well, it's gotten gritty again, but I mean, it's gotten, you it, know, it really changed so much from when we did the Warriors, which is why it is timeless and classic. And people say, I love going back to it because the city will never be that way. I don't again. Know. I I mean, sorry, that. David.
0: I think Terry's absolutely right. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in midtown Manhattan and, uh, Times Square is now Disneyland. Back <laughs> in the day when we shot for Warriors, it, trust me, it was not Disneyland, OK? Mm. It was rough and tough. And you had all kinds of nefarious characters and things going on. And the trains were full of great graffiti and all of that. The city has changed. It has really gone through metamorphosis. It is not what it, what it was back in the 60s and 70s. It has changed. And.
3: Uh... Uh, I was um, a social worker in the Hell's Kitchen area, so I've, I've really watched it uh, change. And the other day I was with one of my girlfriends. We were down in Times Square to go see a movie at the AMC Theater. And I was shocked that uh, uh, Show World is gone. I, I couldn't believe Show World was gone. I just couldn't believe it.
4: <laughs> so I just want to add about the um, the tapestry of New York. Um In Hell's Kitchen this summer, or in the autumn, I did a walk with the guardian angels, who love the warriors, by the way. Mm, And there is still a new element of seediness, which is why the guardian angels started walking in that area again. Um, I don't think it's as bad as David years ago, correct? Like around the Times Square area?
0: Uh, No, 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 it's not not at all. You know... Women in their 20s and 30s are walking their little pools <laughs> at 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, that was unheard of. That
4: won't be me. Back
0: in, back in the 70s. <laughs> that was unheard of.
3: The old, the old 40 deuce wasn't for the meek or the tinder, baby. I'll tell you that.
1: Let, let me ask you guys this. For better or for worse, do you guys miss that New work?
4: Uh, oh, that's a great question.
1: Because I I have talked to other New Yorkers from that era, and they have said that. That New York was everything to me. You know what I mean? Like, that was – that's where you got culture. That's where you got the best food. That's where you got, you know, some of the best, you know, other good Uh, stuff. That's when I was
3: young. That's (laughs) that's what I liked about it.
5: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, you can still get some of the best food, and you still can get culture now. I don't know that it's – you know, again, I'm not speaking as a New York City resident like those guys. I lived there then, you know, when I did the movie in that time. But, you know, I, I don't have the same experiences, but I don't know that I would like it now. You know, if I want to take my family down there, I'd like it, you know, I like it better now. So it's safer and, you know, all that. But in terms of the movie, in terms of the fans looking at it and just getting that feeling of when you people, people used to be scared oh, to yeah. death to go to New York after seeing the Warriors. They were like, oh, <laughs> and they couldn't believe it. Now it's, I don't know, it's not like that. That's that's my take, my feeling on it anyway. But it was certainly just stylistic and, and, and very cool, yeah. I just have to say cool, you know, when the movie came out and it just kind of brought that to life. I don't
0: know. Mm-hmm.
5: Late 70s had a lot of oh, movies like Oh, yeah, great like movies.
0: That. You know, movies like Saturday Taxi Hot Driver, Mean Street, Pope of, of, of Greenwich Village. Or, I mean, uh, Midnight Cowboys. Had Saturday Night you Know, no. yeah, the Attica, uh, the uh, great movies that came out of New York City in the you know 60s, 70s, beginning of the 80s were amazing. Yeah, it really showed you what New York and so did the Warriors, what it looked like, and the feel of the
2: city. Also, uh, then let's not forget, we ask
4: fans now why they love the movie and they feel it was a slice of life of a time let's say they weren't in in new york city i I think i think the
3: warriors really picked up the heat because remember we filmed this at least the orphans part we filmed in 78 and it was right after the summer of hell of 77 and new york was at its peak it was it was was explosive it was like a cauldron in 77 we had the blackout we had that maniac son of sam running around uh uh there was Mm. all kinds of even Elvis died. I mean, all kinds of things happened in 77, and I think uh, Walter Held and the filmmakers did a good job of bringing that heat out when we filmed it in 78 because it was really the beginning of hip-hop, the end of an era, and the beginning of a new time, and I think the Warriors catches that really, really perfect. I mean, I'm, I'm for one, proud to be in that flick because it's like being on a Super Bowl team or or a Yankee championship team. You know, but being on the bench, but I'm still on the team, you know? So that's how I feel about the Warriors.
5: Yeah. That's a great analogy. You know, when I was in 1970, 1976, I went down there, or 75 or six, to go to acting school. And, you know, my father got me a job because he knew somebody who knew somebody at Burger. I got it t- at 10 o'clock at night. I went to work. I worked till four. And then I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts from two till six. And I used to walk home from four, at four o'clock in the morning. And you know, I was stupid. I didn't know. I could have been, you know, wiped out a hundred times, but I just walked home like dum-da-dum. Dum. I didn't realize <laughs> the volatility of the city because I was young and, you know, wanted to be an actor. And, and I, like Apache, I, I feel it's been so awesome to be in The Warriors because so many films that are great don't have this longevity they don't have this following they don't have this livelihood this is we get together and we're like family we're friends you still know, the still all the time it's just a great
3: nine was kramer versus kramer i'd rather be in the warriors than kramer versus kramer
2: <laughs> yeah there, there's no there's no kramer yeah. versus kramer uh tour on uh, any convention circuit i can tell you that right now yes could you imagine <laughs> no.
4: No. there probably um. will be
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, so, Apache you, you, uh, you, you have one of the most uh, fun lines. I, I know you've you had a lot of fun with the line that, that you you shout in the movie. Is uh, I'm going to let you say it because if I say it, I'll probably ruin We're it. No, rain on you, Thank you.
3: Yeah,
0: uh, I think you. you got the right one uh, first.
2: Yeah. Uh,
3: Great line. I've said that line so many times, and I don't mind it. Because, uh, you know, it's just be it's just me. You know, I really like my fellow cast members. It's not like, you know, I, like when Debbie V, she called me off. She said, Apache, you know, we're doing these autograph signings. And I didn't know anything about it. And Dorsey was making fun of me the other day when he was like, Apache, when you first came, you just had a piece of paper with a little memory grab picture of you. And I said, yeah, and I sold it. Then I got hip to the game. <laughs> and then... uh now I go out there full force. I've got a whole orphan crew because, you know, everybody at one time or another has felt left out, not invited. So that's my whole uh, orphan stick. And uh, I have a uh, page that was made by fans called Orphan Nation, and the page rocks. And uh, I, I get so much love for that little bit of part. I just wish my, uh, my orphan number one, the late great Paul Greco, was here with us because... Uh, Every year, do you realize, guys, that right now at this moment, somewhere on this planet, somebody's whipping my ass in that video game? I mean, how many people get to <laughs> say that? You know, I love it, and I don't even play video games. I put my money in the jukebox, baby.
2: <laughs> there you go. You also, you also, you might have had the greatest hair in the movie. Oh, yeah, there was yeah, a lot yeah. of good hair going I around, but with you're, snow. you know, you might have had that too.
4: I, I think all the Lizzies had some good hair. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, I the Lizzies had the best hair. I'm just well, saying. You
5: can't talk to
3: <laughs> you Thank
4: you, Uncle <laughs> Dad.
5: <laughs> so David, so David, David was, David was up in the studios doing loops for the uh, the video game, and I didn't do the video game for reasons I don't need to get into here. I just didn't do it, and and I was going to do it, and then I chose not to, and they were so mad at me. David said. He was up in the studio doing loops, and they were cussing and effing me up and down, so much so that they made a character at the end of the movie, at the end of the video, <laughs> they named Terrence, who gets his butt, the crap beat out of him all the time. David, do wow. you remember
3: that?
4: That's that's an amazing thing.
2: We're also yeah, in comics, by the, by the way. That's right, that's right. Yeah, And Terry, uh, since you were just on, I, I want to mention, you know, you... You've also done a lot of work on Broadway and you've done, I guess, you've done a bunch of TV shows, but you've done a lot.
5: Well, I don't know about a lot, not as much as David, but I, I've done, I, when I was acting, I did do, I, I, I worked steadily. I guess that's the best way I could put it. You know, I did do Grease on Broadway and I did an off-Broadway show called The New York City Street Show. Films, TV episodics, um, miniseries called The Contender on, on CBS. Um, you know, I, I had a I had a full but short lived acting career. <clears throat> now David had, um, you know, worked much longer, so he has a long list of credits he could tell you about. No.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was I was very blessed uh, coming. Actually, Terry and I went to the same acting school, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts. I was a f- few years ahead of him, and I got my first job. I mean, I graduated, man. I went into a. Uh, Emmy award-winning uh, TV show called Judge Horton and the Scottsboro Boys. And I didn't stop working from that. I went on to Broadway with Mary Tyler Moore, John Lithgow, wow. uh Merle Street. I just I went on and it. on and on and on and on. As far as, <laughs> as, far as uh, television, I did uh, so many epi- episodic stuff. And uh, what another award-winning miniseries called North and South. Uh, I- I've done 14 major films. I mean, you know, soldier soldier story, story David. Denzel I saw you in a great I
4: play, the Joe Papp play, where you introduced me to Richard Chamberlain. That was a great play. Oh,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Tom McHitterick, who played Cowboy, yeah. we did a play with Richard Chamber, Chamberlain down at uh, Joe Papp's Theater. But, uh, you know, I, I got to work with some really amazing actors. I mean, when you work with Merle Street, when you work with John Lithgow, I mean, you work with, you know, Patrick Swayze and all these other people that were north and south. I was very blessed to have worked with giants in the industry and giant directors. So I was very, very yes. blessed. And
2: David, you were also, you were on a, a NYPD Blue for, for a while too as well. Oh right? yeah, I
0: did. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did 17 episodes. And,
2: and, and you played a lot of detective cop type of roles. Were you were you ever had the vision of being a, a, a Police officer or detective when you were when you were young before becoming an actor or did that just those roles just fall yeah, in your lap? No,
0: no, I was always running away
2: from the cops. <laughs> I running the low east side,
0: man. I mean, I grew up, I grew up on the low east side. As Apache P- just said, you know, the avenue D. You don't know. No, we didn't run to the cops. We ran away from
2: them. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Terry, I wanted to also mention you before we went to David. You've done a lot of other very polarizing. Uh, things in your life you you were you were on Broadway then you went to broadcasting and then you yes I was I was
5: television news anchor for a local news that covered um, for people that know this area or you know the uh, Westchester Rockland Orange Ulster Dutchess you know, the whole Mid Hudson Valley and I had a political talk show that went into the Bronx and Brooklyn and Connecticut and all those areas so yes it was very uh, you know we we take on. Every topic from the local politicians to the all the way up to, you know, U.S. senators and, and presidential candidates. And um, it was a, a polar. I mean, obviously, politic, mm. the political scene now is way more polarizing than it was then, but it still was polarizing. But there was a little more comedy. But I meant by, and by that, I mean, comic with a T, mm. a little more people working together um, and. I would take these guys on, you know, I mean, try to treat them respectfully, but take them on. And then after that, I left and I went to work on Capitol Hill for a congresswoman as the her communications director. And, uh, so yes. And then I also, you know, worked as a administrative pastor. That's so right. yes, if you're talking about an eclectic career, that's me, but it was, it's very exciting because, you know, I look at myself and I said I've done so many different things. It's kind of cool, you know, in a way, uh, you know, I don't know if it's cool for my wife, because she's, you know, always wants stability, but it was, but, you know, God has blessed us. So we're, we're very happy, you know,
3: but thank you for bringing that up.
2: Yeah. What was the, what was the, of all those things, what do you feel like was the most fulfilling for you out of all the different, different ways?
5: Well, each one was fulfilling in a different way. Obviously, you know, being a pastor and dealing with people fulfills me in a, in the deeper part of my soul as we're getting older you know, I look, I just know that, the, yeah. you know, we're blessed to be here at this age, that we see a lot of people on Facebook, and I don't want to even get into it, but you know, you go, whoa, you know, and you have to look at your mortality. So in that sense, it's fulfilling because I have the peace of Christ. Um, in terms of being on Capitol Hill, it was just wild seeing all these politicians I used to, you know, being there right, right there and watching them all go at it. It's kind of cool. And then... On the news i just was great because you know everybody would contact me when i got out of that and got into consulting and worked on the other side i had to you know have people i needed them i needed them more i needed the news organizations to let me have my clients be seen or heard or get my press releases so right now i'm a little tired of it all and and i would love to just put my mm. feet up and go to warriors conventions forever but uh I'm still doing political consulting and stuff like that. And I'm still pastoring part-time, but
4: in the movie, we were very rough and tumble, but outside of the movie, these are big family, very spiritual guys. and And
3: I just want to tell you, after I did the Warriors, I thought, uh, I wasn't getting no parts. And all of a sudden I, I, I wound up in the record business and, uh, I wound up, my friend Arthur Baker, a big uh, producer now, but back then he was just my roommate, said, you want to get in the record business? And I said, sure. Next thing I know, I'm picking and packing records in a warehouse in Long Island City. And then from there, we started a record independent record label. The 80s was very, 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 very hot in producing new artists and stuff. And uh, we had an independent record label called Streetwise Records. And along with Tommy Boy Records and Emergency Records, we were like the hottest of record labels, and we were bringing out a lot of hip music. And uh, a friend of mine named Marie Starr bought a demo tape from Boston, and uh, we put it out on a 12-inch, a and it was called Candy Girl. It was a group called New Edition, and it blew up. And the next thing I know, it felt like I was with the Beatles. And then with, uh, mm-hmm. with New Edition, we had Freeze, and I got to work with Earth Eartha Kid. And I got to go on tour, and then one day, we had the hottest record label, and I went to work, and the record label was closed. (laughs) But luckily, (laughs) the management team, and I wound up working with New Edition for a couple of years, and then when Bobby went solo. I went solo with Bobby. I got to uh, road manage the Fat Boys, 50 Cities, in uh, 25 days. That was a hell of a tour. That was the only time I was the slim one. The only time I was a slim one and when, uh, (laughs) everywhere we went, the fat people wanted to take pictures with the fat boys eating food. And, uh, I remember (laughs) spending the night, spending the night at, uh, Elvis Presley Memorial Hospital because they shot up, they shot up the bus and, uh, my driver got shot in the butt. And, uh, so I got some good road stories. And then from there, I had to get a real job and, uh, I uh, grew up on public assistance, and I said, oh, shit, I got a degree. I forgot all about it. And uh, I started working for welfare and uh, public assistance, <laughs> and nobody wanted to work with people with full-blown AIDS back in 1990, so I volunteered to be in that unit. And from 1990 to the year 2000, I was on the front line on the AIDS virus, and that's what I'm most proud of. And, uh I'm still doing stuff. I'm currently in a film called The Automat with, let me drop some names now. <laughs> Mel Brooks, <laughs> Mel Brooks, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, General Colin Powell, Rob Reiner, Carl Reiner, and Apache Rainbows. It's called The Automat. It's on mm. HBO Max right now and uh, Amazon Prime. So I'm still doing things. I live in a retirement home here in Flushing, Queens, Chinatown, and just enjoying life. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love the energy, man. I love it. Oh, I Sounds love the
3: Santana shirt. because it's my favorite band, and since I was talking to you West Coast brothers, I had to honor the West Coast with Santana. Yes.
2: <laughs> oh, we love, yes, Santana. We, we yes. love also Santana. Also, my granddaughter's
3: birthday. And oh. Mike, I'm
4: um, sorry. Mike, as we spoke the other day, my life has just been a fusion of the performing arts
2: and yeah. the healing
4: arts from the Warriors days till now. Like, I'm the vegan Lizzie, so...
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. So you, you've also you were also in. A, I looked up Muppets Take Manhattan, which I loved that mm-hmm. movie when when uh, growing up, and also done a ton of commercials. But you've also done a lot of interviews of your own, right? Like, why, speaking of name dropping, why don't we drop some names that that you told me that of people that you've interviewed? Who's talking?
4: Yeah, well, when I grow up, I want to be like Uncle Dad and Mike doing a <laughs> podcast like this. Very cool. <laughs>
0: That's A right. shout-out
4: to you guys. Yeah, for Vegetarian Times, I interviewed Steve Howe, the founder, not the founder, the lead guitarist for VS, Todd Rundgren, um, Linda McCartney was an amazing interview. Um For Rock Bill Magazine, Lindsay Buckingham, the guitarist for Fleetwood Mac, Um, Nick Fleetwood himself. I love talking, and these guys will affirm it. I speak to them on the phone, and they're like, "Oh, Dee Dee's calling." <laughs> so I love doing interviews. I love working with people in animal rights, and that is my great passion in life.
2: You definitely have a great voice for for yeah. for a podcast or or for radio. I, and and I know Thank you've done you. some of you've done some of that. Have you ever thought of doing like your own, you know, I don't know, weekly, monthly? you know, animal rights, uh, podcast or, or radio show, like an ongoing thing.
4: This is from your lips to God's (laughs) ears. One hundred percent. Yes. I have been um, layering something called vegetarian chic, why beautiful people choose the vegetarian way of life. But I mean, beautiful inside, even though these guys are the most beautiful. Um, yes, the answer is yes. I'm trying to figure it out how to turn it into a podcast. I'll be talking to you uncle dad and Mike.
2: Okay. Oh, please we'll come, dear, we'll, please do. We will come see you at uh, when we're at East Bay. Come. Um, yeah. Um so so you, you know, uh, let's say again you all are uh, you know, you're not here for your health. You're here because um coming up soon uh, on February 5th, you're all going to be at the East Bay Comic-Con in Concord, California. And when you guys get together, I don't know, is there is there like do you have reunion parties? Do you guys get together in a hotel room and trash the hotel together? Like what goes on when you're not That's behind the scary. table? <laughs> oh
0: yeah. well, we don't want to trash the hotels because the promoters <laughs> won't bring us back. So we, you know, we, we, you know, we go out, we have dinner, we laugh, we have a lot of fun, we go for walks, uh, we ha- we have a glass of wine. Uh, David, I never went on a walk a with you. Wow. Well, it's always, a first Thank it's always you. the first, always <laughs> first. You know, uh, and you know, it's like, it's like, God, you know, 40-something years hasn't passed. Do you know what I mean? It's like, like, it's like, boy, you know, I mean, when I'm around <laughs> Apache, the guy just cracks me up. I can't stop laughing. I mean, he knows how to get me. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this man is so funny. This not I mean, this is amazing. And then being around my brothers and my sisters, we just love each other. We have a great time. We go to great restaurants. We stuff ourselves. Uh, and we just have fun. It's all about having fun. I agree. Life is too short to not have fun.
2: That's right. You know, we yes. appreciate,
0: I, I know
3: when I get together, especially with uh, with uh, DD and uh, when I get together with Cochise and uh, Dorsey, we turn into 10-year-olds. It's, like, ridiculous. We're, we're laughing all day long. We just enjoy life. We know we're very fortunate to be on this ride. And uh, we drive the spider until he kills us, baby. You know what I mean? That's uh, a line I had in the tooth and crown. But, yeah, we, we, we have a good time. And uh,
4: Can I ask Mike and Uncle Dad something? Sure. Yes. Um, why do you guys enjoy the Warriors? I love asking people that question. Why do you? Uh, Mike, you should go first, then I'll answer
2: well i i watched it many years ago and and i guess it had that feeling of what y'all were talking about in the beginning of of a a new york that just before i saw that movie i saw jason takes manhattan which when i was young i loved that stuff and it had new york had this crazy vibe in that movie that i never you know never obviously i never experienced and uh the warriors said new york just had this New York had this feel that uh, something that I like I never experienced. Plus, all of the different characters, all the different gangs with their with the with the outfits and each it was just so it wasn't like anything else. So that was mine. How about you, Uncle Dad? So You know, I Rachel's asked Bobby
3: what hap- what happened to the oh. orphans outfit, you know? They <laughs> you know, Bobby's the one that did all the the outfits and She said they ran out of money when he came to the orphan's bed, so.
2: (laughs) 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 So you look like actual orphans.
3: Uh, Cosplay. (laughs) Cosplay people, they show up. I've seen me a few times. So that's always an honor, but it's always like with a big fake wig, you know. That's the main question Mm -hmm. I get a lot. Uh, Was I wearing a wig in the Warriors? They're like, no, you should see my high school photo. It's even bigger, you know. But that was the style back then.
4: And Uncle Dad? Oh, yes. So, uh, I progress- love that name. Take it, <laughs> Take it
3: easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take out of control. <laughs> uh,
1: so, yeah, for me, uh, me and my father bonded a lot through movies. And uh, when I got to a certain age, uh, my father always talked about this movie called The Warriors. And my father is a little bit on oh, the man. younger side. And uh, he was like, hey, you know, you should watch this with me and all this good stuff like that. And so I said, sure. And so I sat down and we watched it together. And. It, it was great having because my dad would literally act out the scenes while we're watching it <laughs> so he's like doing his own performance on it while while watching it you know and, and it was great and what really kind of made me fall in love with it more it was actually the video game because me and my dad also played a lot of video games together and when the game came out he was like wow this is insane that now there's a game on this movie that i love and i can share that with you so we would spend hours playing that game together and then Did you squash
4: that character of Terrence?
3: What's funny is
1: I'm trying to remember that. I'm trying to remember that. It's been a while, but I'm trying to remember.
3: That. Uh, Poor
5: Terry. <laughs> it's at um, the end. It's at the end. <laughs> he can't fight. But it was just. It's,
1: it, it has such a big personal spot in my heart because uh, it was. There's five movies that my dad always loved, and that's one of them. And uh, my dad's still, you know, he's still with us, and when he listens to this, he's gonna love it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just exciting to. To always connect through him through movies, and that's what that movie does for me is we connect through
5: each other. So, what kind of promotion have you been hearing about the show? Because we're excited about coming out to that uh-huh. part of the yeah, so
2: country. Yes, the show, like uh, I, you know, I uh, go to you go to any comic book store in, in the area, all the way up to Sacramento, and there's posters and flyers everywhere. So, uh, and do this they show, know
3: the Lucy's in Orphans Invited?
2: <laughs> I, I I believe they know they I, I all believe on the, they do you're yeah. all on the bill and uh I, I've seen all, yes um yeah so and this show has been going on for for a few years now and so it has a good following um the promoter Steve Wyatt who you all know is very uh dear to me shout and also out to
4: Steve Wyatt
2: as a, he's an okay guy um, he does a great job <laughs> at, at putting the word out so um yeah hey when you uh, Steve great. the man yeah Phil love that yeah so when you guys are filming the movie do you know or do you have a feeling that it's something special that it's gonna be something that that carries on you know I always wonder like when the musicians are are making a certain song like do they know that oh this is gonna be a hit forever do you guys have that well, feeling with the Warriors?
0: As, well as
2: far as myself
0: uh we were supposed to shoot like I think nine or ten weeks. We went on on for like, I don't know, five months? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, And I just thought it would be a little little gang movie in New York, you know, just go and come. I had no idea it would turn out to be an international cult classic. International cult classic. We have fans from all over the world. I get emails Mm -hmm. from all these different countries, you know, how much they love this movie, and they love these characters. You know what I you mean? And Walter all over the did such amazing job. You know, yeah, he's got his pop. I got a pop. Mike's got a pop. Uh, Ajax got a I pop. One uh, of the pop. Someone made a pop. I'm a pop. That's, that's great, the Diddy. There you go. But I mean, you know, I, I I never thought the film would just blow up like this. I ne- I never thought I'd be talking to you guys. 40-something years later. Mm -hmm. You hear what I mean? Right. I had no idea. I had no idea. I, that's the way I feel. love that hat. That's my my man Clash. You know? But I, I I mean, I never, I never, I, I I didn't have any idea.
5: Uh, I would have to say I agree with David, but again, you know, I was in there just, oh boy, oh boy, I got a movie. That's basically, it was my, you know, my first, I was doing, you know, Broadway and Off-Broadway and, uh, you know, regional theater, whatever it was. But I always, to, to actually get a movie and have a lead role in it, you know, I was like, I didn't, I didn't care. I just didn't know anything. So we all went up to a screening after the movie was done, but they hadn't put in the sound effects and they hadn't put in, you know, all the music and everything. And we looked at it and I remember walking out with Michael. I don't know if Dave was with me, but because Michael, Dave and I, did go. We saw the film one time in a theater, which is another story, but and we were kind of disappointed. So then it came out and it was a top grossing film, you know, for a long time. And then, of course, it got pulled because of the best promotion, promotion ever, of some of the violence
2: surrounding <laughs> it in Boston.
5: Yeah. And, um, and what happened was, as everybody went on HBO, it, it started to come on HBO and it went underground and all these people started these, that I didn't even know started watching it and dressing up like it and having warriors parties so much so that when I got into my news job the first year, like in the early 90s, these kids that were like 20 years younger than me or more were going crazy you know, over vermin and the warriors and I didn't realize it. Michael Beck told me that he didn't realize that he was in England one time, and all of a sudden someone said, Hey, there's a screening of the Warriors over there. And he looked and he said the line was just down down the street. So it started happening kind of underneath. In 2015, these guys can attest when we went to this, this Warriors reunion in Coney Island. I mean, they're saying there was like five exactly. or six thousand people. Right. I'm telling you there were like nine or ten thousand people. Some people exactly they didn't even do it. They didn't get in. I think we we even went over
0: ten thousand because
5: people couldn't even get in. They didn't get in. They got there at seven in the morning and at nine at night they hadn't gotten in. So the phenomenon. And then one last point that I think is just good for the fans. I almost didn't get in the film, so I always tell this story. It was they had narrowed it down to a very small group, and they brought us up to costuming. I don't think Dave was there. He has his own story on that. They brought us up. And I knew that Tony Danza was there, and I and, and I knew we were similar types. And wh- when they finally n- made the cast, they they put Tony Danza in and not me, and I was heartbroken. Um, but uh, he got Taxi some some months later, and then through a series of things, they brought me in, and I am very glad. But uh, Terry, too.
4: who's Vermin, we. Um... Well, should we give that as a giveaway? You were supposed to be killed off. We won't say what happened, but is that true?
5: Oh yeah, yes. So was, was yeah. cheesy It was a much more violent film, but then I think I think Paramount wanted it less violent, and then uh, you know I think I started becoming funny, and you know I made it, I made the character comedic, and I hope it helped. Walter didn't give it to me in the new book, but you know I hope it helped. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he kept us in the, the whole film, and you know, it was a, I was very glad that Tony got taxi. He's a big fan of the Warriors, awesome. by the way, because we yeah, see I him was he, he them. I
0: was the uh, last Warrior to be cast. I, I was in the Midwest doing a play, and it came ba- I came back to New York. My agent said, hey, David, look there, uh, Walter Hill's trying to find his character of Coach Cheese. He's seen a bunch of people. He hasn't really, you know, chosen anyone, so we're going to send you up to Paramount to go just read for Walter Hill. So you know, I prepared you know my two piece scene to go read for Walter and Lawrence Gordon, the executive producer, and I walked into uh, Walter's office and, and Walter just stared at me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this guy doesn't like. <laughs> I don't know, I ain't gonna get this." <laughs> and uh, he says, "You ready?" And I, yeah, And I read like maybe a line and a half, and he looked at me, he says, "Because mm-hmm. he has a toothpick in his mouth," man. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, next thing you know, I. I left and, and my I went at, at that time no one else really cell phones so I went across the street and called my agent they, he got a, they got a call from Paramount and said uh, can you, where's David at David well he's still on uh, 59th Street where Paramount Studios were and he said tell him to go <laughs> back to Paramount Studios and go down the wardrobe mm, whoa wow you know I said there it is thank you Lord. You know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, hey, I'm <laughs> i I'm the last warrior and I was cast as Coaches,
2: wow.
0: The last warrior, Walter had his cast.
2: Well, I want to ask you guys one last question before we move on to some uh, trivia with Uncle Dad here. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. What what are, you, what are y'all's thoughts on, on remakes, movie remakes from from classics like this from this time? And if they did a Warriors remake, would you do a cameo if asked?
5: Wow. I would not do a cameo. I wouldn't just walk in like some clunky old you know, guy in his sixties. If I did, if I did anything, I would have, if it was something like that, it would have to be some sort of role. I don't like remakes. Some of them are great, but this one is too hard to do, and it will never. It'll be a different movie, and it's a different style. Listen, just quickly. We were a multicultural gang before multicultural was in. We were there was no gangs of all these different colors. Dorsey talks about this a lot, you know. And I think the fans loved that. They liked the camaraderie we had. You know, I always used to like cowboy movies and you know, war movies when you know people banded together against you know all odds. Like the Dirty Dozen and all this, and I think it was similar. They just saw a bunch of people they liked, and they fought the fight with us. That's that's how I saw it. So you, know, I don't think they can do that now. It just, it, it, I just don't think they could create that unless, unless they really went back and tried to create what New York was like.
0: And I don't know that they can do it. That's my take. I, you know, I agree with Terry. I think if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't think you can remake this movie. And if they did, it would be a whole different kind of movie. You know, at one point, Wrigley Scott's brother, Tony Scott, rest his soul, was thinking about making a remake of The Warriors. Mm. But then he passed away and uh, it got showed and we haven't heard anything about anybody else trying to remake, at least I haven't. But I hope that they leave it alone. You know, I really do. I hope that they leave it alone and let it be. You know, as John Lennon... Said, "Let it be." The Beatles, Bobby it
4: Mannix, be. a fashion designer, told me something a few months ago that I didn't know. Um, that there was a TV series right after The Warriors. Oh, Uncle Dad, you know? Call the Renegades. Yes. Yeah. And I do not think it did too well.
0: <laughs> it I- ran nine episodes, and the studio and the network pulled it
5: yeah there was yeah. There was just a bonding that took there was just a bonding that took place with all of us that was and I, I don't know how it happened. Our friendships are, are long and deep I mean we we hang out and laugh a lot there's a lot of movies that I just don't think have that you you have some friends from there you move on. This is very unique and I think it came across in the film I mean it, it, there's no other explanation
3: for it. What I love is how much. I would do
4: cameo. Though.
3: What I love is how much we've become <laughs> part of uh, pop culture. How much we part of this culture. I remember when the uh, the Lakers won the uh, the uh, NBA title and Shaq is go. Can you dig it? Can we dig it? I mean, we so much. Of, <laughs> yeah. The Warriors is just is just part of America now. It's part of New York. Yes. It's part of pop culture. I'm proud to be in it. And I, I don't think anybody else could play me.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's, I, a, I, it's on. The, it's on The Simpsons. It's on The Office. They refer to yeah. it over and over and over and over. So what are you going to do? It's just cool.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys say that because I, I feel similarly about about remakes. And there are some movies that you just don't touch. Like I, 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 the Warriors, obviously one of them. I really hope they don't ever try to remake Back to the Future. Please don't ever do that. But you guys, <laughs> I was telling Dee Dee on the phone. We, so. uh, we spoke the other day that. Uh, you know, the the Golden State Warriors, um, I don't know if they still do, but they used to do this thing where they play the clip, you know, Warriors come out and play and it gets the crowd all roushous and rowdy. And and, uh, anyways, absolutely.
3: My my grandson, Um, my grandson is 11 years old and he's just starting to get into it. And now he wants to grow his Afro like his grandpa. There you go.
4: (laughs) I do believe when people have asked Walter Hill, Shout out to an amazing director and a friend. Um, what does he think of a remake? And he says to them, good luck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if you
4: did something right the first time, why redo it?
2: That's right.
1: You know, it, it's interesting that you bring it up too, because a lot of ways I always felt that The Warriors is kind of like the hipper, better version of West Side Story, right? Because, you <laughs> know, and and they wow. just... And they just remade West Side Story, and it's like, why? West Side Story was a masterpiece as it was. It doesn't need to be remade, Uh, and it's the same concept as The Warriors. Now, what I will say, though, what I do think we need, especially in this modern generation, is a full-done remake of the video game to keep the legacy going forever. Because if we keep the game going, right, I mean, it keeps generations getting involved, and it keeps generations looking at the past and I don't know. I think uh, if we could get a remake of the game, that would be incredible. That's what I would feel.
2: A VR remake.
1: Uh, okay, Mike, do you want me to go ahead and do some trivia?
2: Yes, yes. I'm. Uh, let's let's get that going. Thank you.
1: Okay. Well, before I start on the Dream of the Warriors, I gotta I gotta roast you first. So, uh, sir, who wrote the... Uh, Mike? You, Mike? Uh, who mm. wrote the original book that it was based on?
2: Oh. Um... I did read it in my research and it, I did not write it down. So I, you want,
0: you want a little help. Yes. Mike? can yeah, I do a
2: lifeline? Lifeline,
0: yes, yes,
1: yes. No, and he, and he wrote it as a, <laughs> as a rebuttal to West side story. So that's why it's very similar to it. So awesome. That uh, okay. I didn't know. Wow. Yeah. 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 He wrote it with the intention of his <laughs> rebuttal to the West side story. Um, Okay, let's see here. Uh, who wants, well, from my screen, I'm gonna go left to right, so let's go with you first, David. Who was asked to play Cowboy, but they passed on it?
0: Oh, wow, gee, that's a good one. Uh, Terry, Dee, Dee Patsy, because I, 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 I I, I, I'm pulling a blank. Um, Joe
4: Weiss mentioned this to me, who played Cropsey, but it's not in my head right now. He'd be the lifeline.
1: Uh, Mike, do you know? Bruce Willis.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Willis? No, not Bruce Willis. (laughs) No, I'm just just...
1: (laughs) Sean Travolta. Uh, He is a a cinema icon, the one and only Robert De
2: Niro. Oh. Wow.
0: It's amazing. That's funny okay. because I thought
5: hero. that they were going with very very unnamed, unknown actors. But that's very interesting. If that's a true story and I have no reason to believe it isn't, that's very yeah. interesting to me.
1: Could you imagine if he did? Really? Man, that would just be a whole nother, whole nother movie.
5: <laughs> uh, that's why uh, he didn't because it became this movie.
1: Yes, right. yes, yes. Uh, let's go with back to Didi now. Didi. What yeah. uh? What national pres or national president? What president is a was a huge fan of this movie and specifically he called the film's lead actor Michael Beck. I know that one. One. He screened so. it at Camp David and enjoyed it.
4: I know it. Okay, oh, okay. I think I interviewed his daughter years ago for Vegetarian Times. I could be wrong. Is it President Reagan? He yes. is President yep. Reagan, yes. Yep, I interviewed <laughs> Patty Davis years ago. Seems like the guy, yep. Wow. Yay.
3: I don't know much, because just... we wasn't invited, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> it's all right, man. Thatcher, uh, how many days did it take to shoot the film?
3: Uh I heard him say uh, <laughs> uh six months. He <laughs> I heard him say he say six, six months or something, five months. I have no idea. Well that's what he did. I
2: wasn't you know, once uh,
3: we shot my, once we shot the organs, that was out of sight, out of mind. I didn't hear about the movie again for years. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: mean, we started shooting this movie in June and we ended up at the middle of october yeah.
1: so the number i have is 60 days is that incorrect then
0: we oh, yeah. started in june and
5: we were there middle or end of october Where oh did you get freezing in those
3: vests oh yeah
4: <laughs> all right
3: Let's how much is here? the best work what,
4: what is the oh so the your answer was wrong and right a,
1: yes wrong well okay. my answer was wrong technically <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
2: okay,
1: uh, Terry.
3: Yes,
1: okay, sir. here we go. Uh, the Baseball Furies were created due to Walter Hill's love of baseball and what, what legendary glam rock band?
3: Oh, come on, Why'd you do that one? Yes. <laughs>
5: there we go. <laughs> no, I was cool in the game. <laughs> Wait, I gotta tell you. A, I have to tell you a story about Kiss. Uh, All right, please. In the early. Uh, I don't know, early times when we all started doing warriors conventions, I think it must've been at, um, Chiller. Uh, I don't remember when it was, but it was probably in the mid two thousands. Two thousand six Was it? Okay. So we went to this war, this big convention at Chiller and we were in a room and all these other stars were in a room and Chiller and, and, and Kiss was in a room. And all of a sudden, the band, KISS, heard we were there. And they came into our room, and they were going like this. The Warriors are here. The Warriors
3: are here. And they were wow. bowing down to us. It was awesome. It was. Wow. I, I got pictures with uh, the guy that was the uh, cat cat man.
2: <laughs> well, Uncle Dad's a very big fan of KISS, so he likes I this. I do love
4: KISS. Love gun
1: yeah. for life, let me tell you.
4: <laughs> what punk rock band was a huge fan of the warriors i don't know if there's a couple of still alive but every year one of the widows does a huge tribute and um shows the film
1: i want to say the sex pistols but i'm probably wrong
4: no why don't rose (laughs) the clash We just said that (laughs) <laughs> the class. Was it the remote? Whoever said the Ramones is correct. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you guys got to keep them like some of your, uh, obviously you kept the vest, but you got to keep your kind of your wardrobe.
0: Walter was very, very kind to us when we wrapped. He let us keep our outfits. You know, he he was very kind. He was, you know, he's very Didn't kind. Do you still have yours, David? No, it's it's gone with the yeah. wind.
1: I hope they're in a museum somewhere.
0: No, the person ha- that has it is taking very, very good care. But he's a very good friend of mine. He's, a, We became very good friends who has it. Yeah, the,
5: the person that has he, mine was very, he's very, I, I, I didn't do it for years. It was just sitting up in the attic. I didn't think anything. And then all of a sudden, at one point, I said, you know what? I'm going to just do it. I am a warrior. I don't have to worry about the vest. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a warrior. Mm-hmm. These are the warriors, the warriors, all of us.
4: The Lizzies had see-through tops. I definitely didn't want to keep that. Belongs them.
3: in the Smithsonian. Mm. The Warrior vest belongs in the Smithsonian. Yes, it does. You're right. Oh, you're yeah, right.
4: It, it definitely does.
1: I would say it definitely does deserve to be like in a museum of that stature for sure. Uh, and one day I hope that if not, it, it needs to be even like in a Hollywood museum, just it, it's such a, it's it's to me, the Warriors is classic Americana that we can never forget
2: about. That's right. Very well said. Okay, so everyone, I just want to say, um, you know, thanks again so much for taking the time to sit with us and and talk about the movie, talk about your careers, and talk about East Bay Comic-Con, which is February 5th. And you will all be yep. there uh, saying hello to fans. I Simon want to Autographs. check out the poster. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll send you guys, I, I have uh, files. I can send you guys the, the poster. Yeah, Sound I want to
3: post it up. I, I want to start advertising. I want to yeah, get all please. those or- West Coast orphans.
1: <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Uh, thank you guys Again, so just much. a
4: <laughs> shout out to Walter Hill, who directed the movie, to this incredible cast, to Steve White, and to all of you guys for inviting us
1: here. Thank you very thank much. much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for celebrating uh, episode 100 with us. Uh,
0: 100. Uh, yeah. Look, it was a pleasure. You know, we we love doing things like this. And uh, as Dee Dee said, you know, thank God for an amazing human being, an amazing visionary, an amazing director, Walter Hill, who put together this amazing ensemble of actors and actresses and production people uh, like Andy Laszlo, that director of photography. I mean just just an amazing we were all blessed and the man the man the man amen
4: amen amen to amen Oh, i love it <laughs> thank
1: you guys so much i hope you are having day thank you very much
0: thank you thank you happy
1: anniversary well, thank you.
0: Thank happy you. new year we'll see you guys in about seven yes we'll see you guys in about seven days out there
1: yes that's right yes. We'll hopefully we'll come hopefully say we hi. all get a picture together
5: yes that'd be great we can do that
0: Bye. love all, right. all of you thank see you me. love you guys take
1: care guys